0: Hello and welcome to Mouth, the podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Vanessa.
1: And I'm Ethan.
0: Ethan. Okay, so we're finally at the end of this season. So before we get into the sad crying parts, um, I wanted to do something a little bit happier at the top. So we love to do this at the end of every season. So what is your top five of this season?
1: Okay, okay. Right before we get into kind of the the sad boy hour that this episode will become, let's talk (laughs) about our our happy favorite episodes. And this for me isn't ranked. I don't tend to rank things. So I was just kind of going in order of the season. And this is my top five with a few honorable mentions. So uh, my top five is OR, Springtime, Adam's Rib, Aid Station, and Payday. And my honorable mentions are Rainbow Bridge, Private Charles Lamb, and Bombed. What are your top episodes? I don't know if you have five.
0: Okay, yeah. I I couldn't find five that I gave five martinis to. I'm sure I did, but I couldn't find it in my notes because I'm bad at taking notes, apparently. So, my top ones are... Rainbow Bridge, OR, Aid Station, and Payday, in no particular order. I think, actually, I'm lying. Payday is, in fact, my favorite episode of this season <laughs> yes. and my favorite episode of all time.
1: Of all time? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> my honorable mentions are very similar to yours. Um, I have Adam's Rib, Bombed, Springtime, and also this episode, because Ooh. how can you not Rank Abyssinia Henry in your honorable mentions for the season. How can you not?
1: I suppose you're right. The thing that like kept me from thinking this is a a top five contender or an honorable mentions contender is that this episode is just so so sad, dude. Like I can't yeah watch this for pleasure. I watched this three times for this podcast and I did <laughs> not en- enjoy a single viewing.
0: Yeah, this one is really hard when you know what to expect at Mm -hmm. the end which i think that basically everybody at this point does i tried to really go into this episode with like fresh eyes almost because it's been a while since i've seen it so yeah that's yes
1: (laughs) okay so i've told this story a few times on Mike before but you know now is the time to tell the story if there ever was one so when I was first getting into M.A.S.H., when we first talked about this, way before we started doing this podcast, I was watching it on Hulu and I tore through the episodes. I watched <laughs> the three seasons in like four days, like 70-something episodes just <laughs> down the the eyeball drain of binging through, you know? And mm-hmm. then my mom, uh, no one else is home. So during dinner... Mash was on as it it tends to be around that time, right? And my mom was like, Oh, you can watch Mash if you want. And the episode that happened to be on was an episode that I didn't get to yet, and it was Avicenia Henry, and I had no idea, genuinely no (laughs) clue about any of this. I was completely unspoiled. I hadn't seen a single like reference or parody to it, but I knew that McLean Stevenson left the show. Because, you know, I have IMDb and it only lists him for like so many episodes compared to however many episodes the series has. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, my God, Henry like goes home. That's really cool. And then, you know, we watched this entire episode. and I didn't know anything. And then we got to the last scene and it's like Henry Blake shot down over the sea of Japan and there were no survivors. <laughs> and I lost my mind. Like I reacted <laughs> to this. Like you would in 1975, whenever this came out, I reacted the way you would of being like, this is insane. How dare they? They cannot do this to me. <laughs> I, uh, you know, at the time, my Instagram, I liked the idea of having a really like impenetrable, weird Instagram. So I posted a legitimate, genuine like Instagram story being like, I just watched the episode where Henry Blake dies and I'm so sad. Rest in peace, Henry Blake. I hope there's good fishing in heaven. Not as a joke. And my mom commented on that being like, Ethan, you're being weird. Calm down.
0: I was like, no, it's sad. My favorite part of that story is when you texted me and out of the blue, you just said, Henry dies in all caps and I was like, "Oh no, you got spoiled for it." <laughs> because it's it's the only thing in the show that's like a true surprise, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um you would just never ever see no. this coming out of this like zany 1970s comedy having it hit you so hard. And there it was. So yeah. So <laughs> and that's honestly how this podcast started. <laughs> yes. Because we wanted to talk about specifically this episode and talk about all of MASH entirely. And after Ethan watched that episode, we said, okay, now we have to start a podcast about it. And here we are three seasons later.
1: (laughs) Yes, because after watching that episode, if you're ever like, is Ethan really a fan of MASH or is he just kind of putting up a front for this weird podcast? No, I'm legit. Like, I was so into this. And seeing Henry Blake die, like emotionally distraught me so hard that I was like, I simply cannot watch the show for a while. <laughs> but then I just wanted to talk about it more with you, and we were eventually like, we're going to have these conversations anyway. Let's just record them and put it up <laughs> for other weirdos on the internet to enjoy.
0: <laughs> yes, and what's great about this going forward is that you haven't seen any more of the episodes after this one. No, I haven't. One. I think that that is probably really unique for a viewer of Mash to have not seen any more episodes cuz you yeah. literally had to stop you were so upset you didn't watch anymore. <laughs> I
1: did not. I've never seen an episode with BJ. I've never seen an episode with Charles. I've never seen an episode with Potter. Like I I am completely fresh eyes for the latter half of the show and kind of when the cast gets restructured. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm very excited for that. I am A
0: baby Mash viewer if you will. <laughs>
1: Now that I am more, like, emotionally ready to continue the show, you know, I am Mm -hmm. so genuinely excited to see the new dynamics and how everything's changed, uh, how these new guys kind of play off the old guys. I'm very excited for it. But Vanessa, I do have to ask you, did you know about this kind of going into the show when you were a child? Do you have a story of Abyssinia Henry the way that I do?
0: Um... I was thinking about this before, and it sounds so corny, but I literally can't remember a time when I didn't know that Henry Blake died <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, so my mom has a tendency to just spoil <laughs> everything for me. Um, this yes. is not new. Ethan is well aware of this. My mom, anything that she has read or seen before me, she's like, oh, did you get to the part where so-and-so dies? Or did you get to the part where so-and-so has a secret baby? Or (laughs) literally anything, anything. And it's just like, no, no, that was the next chapter, Uh but (laughs) I'm on this previous chapter. That was the next episode. (laughs) I'm on this previous episode. So- I feel like I remember my mom telling me, oh, yeah, there was this crazy episode where uh, where Henry dies. And she probably didn't think much of it because I was literally 11 years old watching MASH. She probably didn't think <laughs> that I was like going to get spoiled for it or that I would like it this much. Um, but I do remember a time when... I was able to quote literally Radar's entire speech at the end, um, because that's who I was. Yeah. (laughs) Um. To make a long story short, I don't remember a time when I didn't know that poor Henry Blake did not make it past this episode. (laughs) I
1: might be like a rare member of the population. I feel like this episode is so famous and so important. It was literally in like an answer to a Jeopardy question the other night, and I was like. Thank, like It was one of those weird cosmic things because we're coming up on this episode and I just happened mm-hmm. to be watching Jeopardy at that time. And I, I did like the, the pointing thing of like, ah! Uh, and it was, <laughs> it was, you know, it's just funny that, you know, if I didn't know, I would have been spoiled through Jeopardy. And then mm-hmm. I was spoiled through actually seeing the episode kind of outside of my binge session. So it was, it's all very funny. This is arguably the most important episode of the show. It's like what makes it the defining dramedy that they're willing to Mm -hmm. go this far because there is nothing else like this in the history of television, I would argue.
0: Yeah, we we should get into talking about the show, but I think that you're right, that I can't really... And I'm sure I could if I really thought hard about it, but I can't really remember any show that really... Like a comedy show that would mm-hmm. have written off one of its main characters in this way. Um, I know that Game of Thrones gained a lot of popularity by killing off a lot of its main characters. Like, oh, you didn't know who was going to die. That kind of stuff. But that that was so many years later and that was such a different contextual yeah. show that while it was really innovative for that, M.A.S.H. <laughs> Mash almost did it first, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I, I do think that th- this is kind of what made Mash itself.
1: Yes. Um, the thing that makes this special is a few things. It's one, there is no foreshadowing. We'll talk about that, but there is no like dark irony like lurking around the corner if you mm-hmm. didn't know. And like in terms of history, right, in terms of like the show, as it goes on a lot of drama shows when they kill off a character uh they will have them like reappear in flashback or like what have you henry blake to my knowledge like never appears again because he's just Mm -hmm. gone and they didn't backpedal on this either like there there are you know soap operas and dramas like that that show dallas when they killed Mm -hmm. a main character for like two seasons they like we're like, okay, never mind, never mind. He's actually back. He's taking a shower. It's fine. But yeah. this one, they committed so hard to the idea that Henry is gone. It's not like next season, Henry is back, and they're like, we thought you died. And it's like, ha, 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 my death was greatly exaggerated or whatever. You know, yeah. They yeah. commit to the idea that, yeah, sometimes people in real life just die, and no other show has really ever done that. Like- Even drama shows will kind of go back and try to soften the blow later on. But this is just like, all right, he's gone, and we'll see you next season. We're going to continue to be a goofy comedy show, even though this big thing happened. Uh, See you then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yes. Well, after that very long intro about talking about the end of the show, I think that we should get into where this show all begins. I suppose so. (laughs) Um, so I'll give us our little brief summary, <laughs> even though we've talked about the episode already. Um, so in this episode, Abyssinia, Henry, Henry gets his discharge papers and prepares to go home while Frank prepares to take command of the camp. I think I don't have to ask you what you thought about this episode because no. we've talked <laughs> it to death already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just get into the plot of the episode. So mm-hmm. the news of Henry getting his discharge came with such typical or bickering that i i I was like wow this is great because it was so unexpected and i loved that about Mm -hmm. henry finding out that he's going home
1: yeah because it's what we've been talking about this whole season of henry like clearly being burnt out and you know frank and hawkeye and trapper kind of at each other's throats Frank is yelling at them to shut up in this really aggressive way where it's like, ooh, that hurt my vocal cords hearing that. (laughs) And Henry's like, everybody shut up in this madhouse. Like, you know, full Mm -hmm. dad, like done with his children vibe. And then Radar, (laughs) just out of the blue, is like, all right, you got all your points, you're going home. And everyone's like, amazing, cool. That's like happening, and you know that's like a real thing. Like people got discharged whenever in the the mm-hmm. Mash movie that ends with them getting discharged, just kind of at a random point. Yeah. So you know this episode, you're not really expecting the the doom of it, but once you know, you're like, oh, there's doom coming for us all.
0: Yeah, and talking about this episode. And this season in general, you had pointed out to me, and I know we had said this in the past, how kind of burnt out Henry seemed in the basically the midpoint of this season to the end here. And I feel like that culminated so well in this one OR scene where Henry did yell at everybody. Um, He might not have done that at some other point in this season, but then he did like so angrily and then to have it dropped that he's getting discharged right at that real peak of him just being so fed up and frustrated with being in the war was so so good and i loved it and yeah. everyone was so happy for him
1: they were <laughs>
0: everyone was so happy for him and it just i like i said i was really really trying to stop myself from knowing and thinking what was gonna happen at the end to really just take this in organically, and I was so so happy
1: <laughs>
0: for oh. Henry. And I thought that it was so sweet in the next scene as well, where he was saying, "Oh, I want I want to call home and tell my wife and kids and stuff. They're gonna they're gonna freak out." But then with the time difference and stuff, he was saying, "Oh, well, it's one o'clock there, and so." Uh, my wife is at lunch with so-and-so, and then after that, uh, my son has trombone lessons and-, and whatnot. And I just thought it was so sweet that Henry still knew their schedule after being away for like a year and a half. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so <laughs> so cute.
1: No, that was really good. I, I like that a lot because... Uh, in the past in like older episodes, there are a few episodes where it implies that he's like not really in love with his wife that he's you know mm-hmm. doesn't find her attractive anymore I think was like a joke at one point. but mm-hmm. like this version of Henry for this episode, this very uh happy I'm going home Henry is just like full actual dad mode of like, well, of course I know my kid <laughs> schedule because I, I I love my children very much and he, Uh, this kind of weirded me out, but, like, how attracted he was to his wife just, like, as a human being was, like, kind of sweet. The way he described her was a little, like, a little off-putting, even for (laughs) radar in the room. But, you know, it it was nice to see him be like, I cannot wait to see my wife again. And you're right, just everything with the schedule I thought was really fun and how detailed it was of, like, well, so and so gets carsick, sick, so I can't call then. Like he mm-hmm. knows it that far inside and out.
0: Yeah, I thought that, um I thought that actually it was really sweet that he was kind of having this discussion with radar. It wasn't even a discussion. He was kind of just stream of conscious talking about how much he like missed his wife and missed, you know, being intimate with his wife. Um I feel like it would have been that way regardless of whether Radar mm-hmm. was in the room. Um, it was just kind of funny that Radar was in the room to hear it. Um, but I actually really loved that because it kind of indicates the type of person that Henry really is rather than yeah. the serial cheater that we had seen. Um, and we had discussed that before that maybe he wouldn't be cheating on his wife if you know he wasn't in the war. But then... I feel like this scene really put a point on that, that he would not be <laughs> cheating on his wife just out of the blue, out of nowhere type of thing um, if he wasn't far away from her in these circumstances that he's in. So... I don't know. I I feel like that just kind of wrapped up that part of Henry's character for yes. me, where it was like not to justify adultery because you know it's still wrong, but it, <gasps> it kind of just in this
1: fictional context.
0: Yeah, it just it just puts that finer like almost polishes it up a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, um, we've talked about this a bit of like the characters who would and would not cheat on their spouses if they were not in this like Korean War scenario. Mm-hmm. But this episode kind of fully clarifies that if Henry was at home, I don't think that he, he would ever like do that. Um the way he mm-hmm. talks better is like way too uh in love with her. Trapper yeah. and Frank, like Trapper's <laughs> kind of a dog and Frank clearly does not like his wife, so like you know, you, you don't know what's gonna happen there. But Henry <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's there's some respect there, you know. He's he's got mm-hmm. a good home life. Uh, and oh my god it was so sad it was so sad that he was like okay don't tell anybody we're just gonna roll up to the club we're gonna dance we're going to blow everybody's minds. So it's like, no.
0: <laughs> that happened a little bit That happened a little bit later. But let's talk about that now, too, because he has this really beautiful, emotional scene with Radar here as well. And so Henry was trying to get a call out to his wife, and he finally gets a hold of her. And like you said, he told her, don't tell anybody. Uh, this, this is going to be the plan. They're all going to see us at the country club on Saturday, and they're going to clap, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. And I just thought so that, that was so the. Such a well, it was such a sweet plan because remember, I'm trying not to think about it at this point. Okay. I was like, wow, this is really great. Um, I loved Henry on the phone with his daughter too. It was it was just so, so sweet. That broke my heart a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. I, I did cry at that part, just, oh, just a man. tiny bit.
1: Oh, that's so sad.
0: Um, yeah. I also would have loved to be on the other end of that phone call. To hear what Henry's wife was saying to him, oh my god, it was—it's just stuff that you like make up in your head. It's just so yeah. so cute, so sweet.
1: I love that she was worried about covering the furniture again. Like that's a very <laughs> 1950s housewife concern to have. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I know that you're trying to like live in the moment for this episode of like watch it as if you don't know the future. But for me, watching it. I couldn't help but think of the future. Mm-hmm. This entire episode is just like a doomsday clock of like, oh, no, everything that's being yeah. said just will not come to pass. And it was so, I would argue that this is the saddest episode of television ever produced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like There may be more yeah. emotional deaths that happen on screen for certain things, but like this, because it is just such the gut punch, you know that it's coming the entire time it's like oh
0: no they're so happy ugh i've spent too many rewatches of this episode knowing that nothing that he says comes to pass so mm-hmm. i really wanted some happiness <laughs> so that's why that's why i tried <laughs> no it's okay i i i have for sure seen this episode more times than you so i get not being able to do it this was my first cognitive real trying to forget mm-hmm. the end <laughs> um but i also wanted to talk about this scene with henry and radar too um because this got me emotionally oh dude
1: this actually destroyed me um
0: it really put into cuz henry at this point uh had called his wife told her and is starting to pack up his desk and all of his stuff and Radar says to him, you know, I'm really going to miss you. You're basically like a dad figure to me. And this kind of put into words what we were saying the entire show, essentially, Mm -hmm. that Henry is Radar's dad figure. I think at some point in the show, it's established that Radar's dad had passed away because he was, and Radar says this, he was older. So... Henry was this dad figure to Radar, and to hear it said by Radar, that yeah. punched me in the gut.
1: <laughs> so I watched this, well, I watched it three times, but I watched two different versions of it. I watched the one with the left track and the one without the left track. I don't know if you watched it without the left track. If you didn't, it's fine. But this line where uh, Radar says, you know, my dad had me when he was 63, The first time we played peekaboo, he had a stroke. Um, Like, that is funny. Like, that's a funny line when you hear the laugh track, you laugh. But when you don't have the laugh track there, and it's just kind of this pause after saying, the first time we played peekaboo, he had a stroke, and it just sits there. It's like the saddest (laughs) thing I've ever heard. It's like the biggest case for the show being... Completely different when you watch it without the laugh track. That played Mm -hmm. entirely differently. It was so sad. What a heart-wrenching scene, honestly.
0: Yeah, so much of the humor, I feel like, wouldn't be humorous without the laugh track. It would just hit so differently. Um, I... Don't know if you saw it as well in this scene, but I felt like Henry was pretty uncomfortable with mm-hmm. saying goodbye to Radar. Oh, at this definitely. Point. Yeah, I thought that that was super interesting as well because Henry seemed just very reluctant to want to show those emotions and want to kind of, I guess, admit to himself that he was going to miss Radar mm-hmm. because I. I think this was probably, I don't want to speak for anybody who went through a war experience because obviously I haven't, but I think that this might be a little common to not want to admit that you're going to miss something that you're supposed to hate so much. You, you, Henry's kind of rejecting that he's going to miss anything associated with Korea at this point because he wants to go home so badly. And it would be just kind of crazy, right, to miss something that you hated every second of doing it. And what that might mean about him himself of like, oh, well, if I miss Radar, does that mean like I missed the experience of Korea and stuff like that? But he so clearly was going to miss Radar. And that just just really got me to.
1: (laughs) See, I didn't take it that way. I I agree with you that that is probably the thinking there. But I took this kind of reluctance to Radar at first was more of the kind of 1950s men don't show emotion thing. Like he is less willing to hug Radar and tell him he loves him because that's just not like what a man is supposed to do at this time. That's how Mm -hmm. I kind of took it. um, And we'll talk about how that progresses towards the end of the episode But you're right that this is probably more so that like, well, I'm going home and I could be happy and like Radar is going to be fine. Like I'll be able to write a letter to him like if I wanted to. So like I don't need to show this emotion because like I don't want to be here anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that I at some point felt that way. (laughs) But of course, like I said, through my many rewatches of the show, it kind of just dawned on me. Now, what missing something in a war zone when you were living such hell, what that probably means for someone. And (laughs) when I was a kid, I thought that this scene meant that Henry really didn't, or Radar didn't really mean anything to Henry because, you know, I was interpreting it as a kid and just how he was kind of like brushing him off. And I didn't think about how, oh, like he might not want to show his emotions and just not know how to deal with them or what it might mean that he would miss radar at some point. So now watching it critically like this is so, (laughs) so like I said, it got me emotional and it's so much more fun, you know, I don't know as, as sad as this episode is, it was so fun to watch and like kind of dissect and pick apart. So yeah. So yeah, just (laughs) I will, we'll say it several more times, but amazing episode, fantastic episode.
1: (laughs) This might be tangential, but I do just want to comment on like I do understand what you're saying with uh kind of not picking up on like the nuances and subtext of a scene as a kid. There have been so many things that have rewatched like as an adult, being like, "Oh, that's what this like means," because you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, you just kind of read it straightforward. You're not looking at yeah the complexity of the the human face as it acts. I was just like, okay. Like, this means what it means, like, on paper, but like, you're right, this is a lot of subtext, and it is kind of fun. Hey, you could completely miss that just naturally as a child and then rewatch it and be like, oh my god, there's so much more here yeah. than I thought.
0: Yeah, especially with a show like this. I mean, <laughs> real world context was mostly lost on me as an 11 year old, even <laughs> though I knew what the Korean War was. My grandfather had. Served in it, and I heard you know stories and whatnot, but it was not (laughs) the commentary that I was looking for. I was more Mm -hmm. looking for the. Ha ha! This is so funny. All these characters are so crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Speaking of funny and kind of crazy, can we uh, talk a little bit about Frank in this episode? Because him. Do we have to? (laughs) I mean, I guess we don't have to. It is kind of. No, we do have to. Um. Him and Margaret are so happy that Henry is leaving. They're like, Frank, you're finally going to be in charge. And as someone who is not seen further into the show, I'm like, huh, why wasn't Frank put in charge? I'm sure that's answered. (laughs) But again, knowing the future, I'm like, oh, man, nobody gets a happy ending out of this one. Like Nobody gets what (laughs) they want.
0: Yeah, um, I thought that it was... Really interesting for Margaret's character as well here, too, because remember uh last episode and a few episodes ago too, we had said it seemed Margaret was like winding down her passion for Frank. She was kind of done with him. And then in this episode, you see her uh just like come back to Frank. They're they're basically as thick as thieves at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, back to what they were in, you know, like season one. Yeah.
1: That full craving power kind of mode.
0: Yeah. And I thought that that was so interesting um, because I think I've said this previously. I know that this might not have been the writer's intention um, with Margaret's character, at least at this point, but it seems so much that she is like craving this power. And wanting to be close to people who are in power because she knows as a woman, she's never going to kind of get there herself. So Mm -hmm. she wants to be as close in proximity to it as possible. So it is to me really interesting that she kind of backtracks with her feelings a little bit about Frank in this episode and in episodes, I guess, spoiler, going forward a little bit because of where he is in power in the camp um so i always like to read like have that read on margaret of she's doing this because she knows it's her only opportunity essentially um so i i just thought that that was like a kind of interesting note
1: that is a very generous interpretation like with this episode i think they do kind of fall back into The more two-dimensional, like kind of cartoony versions of themselves that are in season one, season two, where they Mm -hmm. are just kind of the foils. Like, I know that they would be excited about this because it does mean a status change for Frank, but like they were so excited that Henry was gonna be gone. Like they did not care that Henry was like leaving. They're like, oh cool, you're gonna be able to take over, which like is fair. But, you know, they just didn't have that like warm compassion for him that, like, everyone else in this episode has.
0: Yeah. And I think that that kind of culminates into why we don't see them at uh, Rosie's bar Mm -hmm. when Hawkeye, Trapper, and Radar are giving Henry this going away party type of thing because they are not, they weren't. They're not uh, in the crew. they, They, of course. Yeah, and they they of course I feel like loved Henry as a person and they were did try to get him court-martialed him.
1: several times. Yeah,
0: yeah, but <laughs> I think that they were, you know, at good times friendly with him. Yeah. But they were not friendly enough with him like Radar and Trapper and Hawkeye were mm-hmm. to be included in this very very comical scene
1: (laughs) yes this is like i mean the whole episode other than the ending is on the light like oh my god we're so happy you're leaving And but this is the real like everybody's drunk everybody's like losing their minds and how like joyous they are about this and it was just a really nice note but again like knowing where it goes it's a very sad note but yeah. I have to commend, like, the drunk acting in this scene. I thought it was <laughs> really, really funny on everyone's part, especially I trappers. Lo-
0: I loved seeing Radar drunk, too, because you don't usually see him drunk, because he's, you know, pretty straight-laced. Mm-hmm. He's a good kid. Um, And then to see him kind of let loose and get drunk is was very, very funny. Um, I also loved... The absolute joy that Hawkeye and Trapper took in kind of stripping Henry Mm -hmm. of his lieutenant colonel badges and whatnot, anything that he had hanging on his shirt at that moment. Um, They were just kind of ripping off. And I loved that it was kind of symbolic almost like, yeah, he's getting formally discharged from the army, but he's not really discharged until his friends discharge him like this. And uh, it it was really, really good.
1: But it was so funny. Just the conversation about the bathroom that Trapper and Henry had. (laughs) It was like my favorite moment of the episode. Just the back and forth, the very clear drunkenness of it. It was so funny and out there. Like something that I think would happen of like, if you had a funny guy and you got him drunk, this is what he would say. And I, I greatly enjoyed it.
0: That to me is such an iconic scene with the trees oh my god i i don't know why <laughs> the four- <laughs> the line i was gonna save this for lines but i actually have to say it now because i just have to when they're talking about the numbers of the trees and <laughs> what corresponding tree goes with what corresponding number of like bodily function <laughs> and hawkeye goes number four is the ladies tree don't go there yeah. that has stuck In my mind, since I was a child, Uh I was like, number four is the ladies tree. That's it. Number four is the ladies tree. And I don't know why, but there's just some things that just stick with you. And that's what it was from this episode. I
1: absolutely feel that. That would have been in my brain for a thousand years if I saw this as a child.
0: (laughs) So, really, it's just a lot of, in this scene, it's just a lot of like reminiscing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of joy in this scene. It was it was really heartwarming to watch. If you were trying to watch it, like I was,
1: <laughs> with <Yes>. fresh eyes,
0: <laughs> and not watching it like you were. Even the
1: choir that they got
0: impending doom eyes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the chorus that they get him was really funny and really cute. That felt so genuine to the way that like the army will will like celebrate someone leaving. They will get like a Mm -hmm. chorus to sing, and they're all kind of annoyed with the chorus. Like, immediately, they're like, All right, all right, cut (laughs) the music. We can't do this anymore. Just like, (laughs) instantly was so funny to me.
0: I also loved the last little bit of this scene, too, where they present Henry with this really special, tailored suit. And. He asks how they knew his measurements and Radar says that he took them while Henry was sleeping. And if that doesn't just like sum it up, I just don't know what does. No, no, no.
1: He says, I traced you while you were asleep in the best <gasps> yeah, he drunken slur I've him. ever heard. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. And and to me, that just sums up their relationship. It sums up what Radar does. He is an innovative boy. He will get the results.
1: Mm Yeah, he (laughs) he knows how to get things done. He can defraud (laughs) the government. He can get some people's measurements. He's a good (laughs) kid.
0: Yes, so... Then it cuts to this final scene with Henry leaving. And I wanted to ask you before I go into my thoughts about it having seen it so many times. What did you think about this whole whole bit of Henry saying goodbye?
1: Okay. So this scene obviously is like the final good like cute scene and like you could edit the episode to have the ending not be there and be like a lovely send-off. But I loved Henry (laughs) in his suit. That's such a 50s thing. Like the men wearing Mm -hmm. like the full suit, the hat to go anywhere. Like you leave somewhere nowadays, you're putting on a t-shirt and sweatpants to be like, I'm (laughs) going to be comfortable here. But he's like, no, he's fully dressed up. Um, I thought it was funny on like a meta level that he was giving everyone in the main cast like these heartfelt goodbyes and then like the random kind of extras that they had sprinkled in. He was like, ah, Gwendolyn, good to see you. Not really (laughs) saying much to them, but everything about his send off was really great and of course- how it ends with him like hugging Radar is just like the final nail in the coffin where like yes you're probably going to cry at the big sad end but like if you're not crying at at Henry and Radar giving each other a goodbye hug then like what are you doing
0: <laughs> yeah I was very emotional in certain scenes of this episode and I didn't think that I was going to be emotional until this radar scene where he gives him that one final hug. But for some reason, when he's saying goodbye to Father Mulcahy, I started choking up Aww. and I don't really know why, because I, like I said, I have seen this episode so many times and for some reason, I just had not remembered how emotional his goodbye to Father Mulcahy was, and just what he says to him was just so heartfelt and so mm-hmm. beautiful. It just, it, it made me choke up a little bit. And I was like, wow, oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: he calls him a sky pilot. And I thought that was like really great. <sighs> so good.
0: We also have to mention Klinger.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, perhaps his finest outfit. This is up there
0: for sure. Amazing, just absolutely amazing. With the fruit hat, oh my God. just. So beautiful. And he sewed it himself. He made it himself for the occasion. Henry zips him up and then
1: uh, Klinger gives him a photograph of himself in a pink nightgown. And they're both (laughs) like, this is cool. Like, we like, we're both fine with this. If that doesn't say something about both these characters' attitudes about this whole thing, like, what does? This was incredible. This is a great (laughs) send-off to the, like, weird but lovely clinger henry dynamic where they're both like hey this is just you i don't really care
0: <laughs> yeah i like to think that um if this episode had gone any different that henry would be telling this story of like oh yeah there was this crazy guy he wanted to eight out of the army and he dressed in these dresses and look at look at this and he would like look pull it photograph. out of his wallet and I, I just I just can see Henry telling those stories at his country club and really, really just being like, no, I, I've got one for you. Yeah. Listen to this one and, and pulling out the picture. I feel like
1: Henry would be like, doesn't he look
0: fantastic?
1: And like That would be his thing. <laughs> he would. He yeah. would.
0: <laughs> I also want to mention in this scene with Klinger, when Klinger says to Henry, I was getting ready so quickly this morning. I didn't have a chance to get zipped up in the back and Henry does it for him. And Klinger turns around and he goes, up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, again, again, iconic line for me uh-huh. from my childhood.
1: <laughs> it's nice that Klinger in his final sendoff really kind of goes all out and does the most like goofy, ridiculous outfit he's ever done. The fruit hat, I think, is the greatest thing that he's worn. It's up there with the Statue of Liberty.
0: I thought the fabric that he used also... 10 out of 10. See, Beautiful fabric. That's
1: why we have you on the show so you can really notice these uh these fashion <laughs> details that my Neanderthal brain just misses.
0: <laughs> Me and Klinger, we we've just got that connection. Yeah. <laughs> so, we had mentioned previously that Henry wasn't really friendly with Frank and Margaret, which is why they weren't really at his send-off party and why they the only scene with just them in it was them kind of being power hungry and happy that Henry was leaving almost. And in this final scene, Hawkeye pulls Henry and whispers something to him. And Henry goes, oh, should I do it? Should I do it? Okay. And then he just kind of grabs Margaret and kisses her. And usually I don't really like the optics of that kind of thing where they just like grab Margaret and they kiss her. And it's just like, uh, I I just like, it makes me feel like yucky most of the time. But I don't know, just the look on her face after this, because obviously it was planned and it was fine. But just the look on her face, she was not angry because she just knew that that was Henry being Henry. He wasn't being like pervy or anything like that. He was just like being a goofball, essentially. And... I think that even Frank wasn't even mad at it, yeah. you know? He was kind of shocked, and I think Margaret was shocked too, but they, they were just like, ah, okay, that that's just Henry, you know, getting influenced by Hawkeye and Trapper one last time. Like I said, I usually don't, like, care for that, but it just, it worked for this scene.
1: Yeah, usually, like, that kind of thing is, like, Hawkeye kind of stepping over a line, let's say, but this one was a clear, like, goofy, like, your friends can kiss friends like this is a goodbye Mm kind of moment and not like a ha 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 i'm kissing you margaret it was a goodbye margaret like this is just how you chose to say it and you know she was clearly kind of like she knew what it was she wasn't angry about Mm -hmm. it which you know makes it work and it was cute in context
0: um after this so then henry's chopper comes and I just have to note that he was just a doctor to the very end. Could <laughs> be so upset? He was just a doctor to the very end because the chopper comes and it has a patient on it. And Henry is leaning down and trying to assess the patient as he's getting on the chopper to take him to where he is supposed to be going home. And that just tells you so much about him. He's going home and he still wants to mm-hmm. make sure the patient is stable and okay. And... Ugh, God it just it gets me <laughs>
1: yeah this was this is great because it's literally the same chopper that they bring in wounded on that was gonna take mm-hmm. him home and you know he's in doctor mode but they're like no no you get to be a you get to be a regular human being for a hot second just get on this uh chopper and go away which is perfect like that is that just says so much about Henry that he is willing to not go home to Korea even for a ha- like a fraction of a second because there's you know there's people to work on and you know Hawkeye is usually the one to be like the good doctor of the group but like mm-hmm. all of them are when it comes down to it even Frank I bet like if if you put Frank up against the wall he's going to make good medical decisions if absolutely necessary
0: <laughs> yeah definitely i think that that just perfectly encapsulated what they did there as doctors And I really appreciated that, of course, Henry was trying to make sure that the patient was stable. And he even said, he's like, oh, well, he's like banged up pretty bad or whatever he, whatever it was. And Hawkeye and Trapper had to be like, you need to leave. Like, this is your cue to go. You're you're done. You're a civilian now. Go. And then we get the beautiful scene between Henry and Radar where Radar is so choked up. He's trying not to cry. And Henry gives him a big hug before he leaves forever. And it was such a emotional <laughs> scene.
1: And he says, Henry says, you behave yourself or I'll come right back here and kick your butt. Like that is, Aww. first of all, what a dad thing to say. Like I, I'll kick no, your butt. No, literally. Um, but like, oh my God, they were just driving in that, that knife so hard. They're twisting it every which way. And man, Gary oh, Burgoff
0: really did a good job here too. You really believed that he was very very upset I because thought. just like the quiver of his the quiver of his lip and just trying to like keep it together and then stopping himself for a second and then his lip kept quivering. I thought he did an amazing job here.
1: I thought everything Gary Burgoff did in this entire episode was like phenomenal acting. Like you I don't think of Radar as like the best actor of the group, right? But like mm-hmm. in this episode, Gary Berghoff just was on it. Like he knew what he was doing, all the drunk acting, all the kind of like different dynamics they played, everything with him was really, really good in this one. I have to I you have to shout him out. Like he kind of yeah, carries definitely. He carries the most emotionally resident part of the episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which we'll, um, uh, we'll talk speaking, about right now.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, speaking of Gary Berghoff being a great actor, um, <laughs> I don't know if we have to really explain it, no. but Radar comes in and he says that Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan and it spun in and there were no survivors and he looks absolutely crestfallen. He is so, so devastated. And he did an amazing job mm-hmm. delivering this very short little line that lasted maybe two minutes of the whole episode. And it was just soul crushing. Soul crushing. He was so good.
1: Yes, this was incredible. It was so authentic. Like in this moment, there wasn't actors on a set. This was like real people learning that their friend had suddenly died. Like even just after this, how it goes out on nothing but silence was incredible. Like the the way they let that linger. And obviously, you wouldn't tell a joke after that, right? Like, you just wouldn't do Mm -hmm. that. But there wasn't a final, like, Hawkeye line. There wasn't a sigh. There was silence. And you heard someone drop something. And that was it. And Gary Berghoff, like, sold it really well. And everyone did. Um... You know, we, we've we been ragging a little bit on, like, Margaret and Frank this episode, right? But when the camera kind of pans around and you see Margaret crying because of this, it was like, oh, yeah, she's a human being. I forgot that for half a second. Mm-hmm. She's a real dimensional person who would feel incredibly sad about this. And it, it wrecks your soul, man. This is a hard yeah ending and again no foreshadowing it just happens the way that like real life these things can happen sometimes
0: this scene was so quick it was at the end of the episode it was meant to be this gut punch and it worked Mm -hmm. um but i just thought it was so well done too to deliver it in the or because everyone is so shocked for this second, you know, this like maybe 30 seconds that you see on screen. And then they have to get back to work because they are in the OR. (laughs) There's no option for them to mourn and grieve right now. They have people cut open that are relying on them to save their lives. And they have these overwhelming feelings of grief and sadness, and they can't just sit there and kind of wallow in it and deal with it. They have to get back to, Mm -hmm. you know, operating. And I think that, like I said, just perfectly encapsulates what MASH is in this one little scene. And I know I should save this for trivia, but I, I think a lot of people know this, and I think you might know it too. I think, but I
1: think so too. I think I know what you're going to say.
0: You had said something, somebody dropped something, and that was not originally supposed to be in the take at all. And it was somebody had dropped something off scene, off camera, whatever, and... They were originally going to reshoot it, and I'm pretty sure at some point they had reshot that scene where somebody doesn't drop something. But I'm so glad that they used this original take because that scalpel dropping is really like the cut yeah. that is needed in this scene where the scalpel drops and everyone's like, oh, okay, Henry just died, but we have people cut open and we need to do our jobs. And I just thought that that utilizing that in that way was perfect it was it made the scene so much better in my opinion
1: and it's the literal like the room was so silent that you could hear a pin drop kind of thing that's right. literally the the idiom yeah um without that it it would not have been the same I have to say that, like, you could cut this scene out of this episode. There could be another version of this episode where, like, they didn't want to go this far. Like, the, let's just have Henry have the happy ending. But, like, they made this really bold, brave choice. And it's it's what sets this entire TV series apart so it makes it one of the greatest, like, sitcoms mm-hmm. of all time, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. This establishes, without a shadow of a doubt, they're they are willing to take risks and experiment and like break the mold of of sitcoms, which you know normally are comfort TV. You don't want anything mm-hmm. challenging from your network sitcom. You just want to have fun with the characters that you know. But this show they're willing to say no 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 the these are real people in a real dangerous situation and we're going to live in that reality occasionally, and it's going to hit really, really hard. Like, this is the defining scene for all of MASH, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that this had come up in the 30th anniversary special that we had covered for the 50th anniversary special that we did. Um, The writers, I'm pretty sure that they had said, you know, "This this is just reality. Like, People that you loved and people that other people loved and people who were great people and whatever, they didn't make it home. (laughs) They perished in the war and they were making it so true to life Mm -hmm. because of course, not to say that a TV show character could ever compare to somebody who you lose in real life, but you know, the American people... They, you know, love this character and then watch him every week and he's like funny and he's a dad and he's this and that and the other thing. And then to have him die in this episode is so true to life and such reality that I think it was such a genuine choice for them to make to be genuine to what they set out to do in the show as well. And I I just, I I hate it, but I also really, really appreciate that they chose to do that.
1: I hate it but this is a good episode like i if i if i never had to watch this episode again i probably wouldn't this just hits a lot of buttons but yes this is a very good episode um
0: did you have it in your in the dvds the little like henry montage yes at the end yes
1: uh that was i there. thought
0: that that was I thought that that was really sweet. I just I just wanted to mention that there was some great Henry scenes and I remembered like all of them, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really liked that. I thought it was a really good point to end the episode on. I
1: like that it was kind of the PA announcer kind of in universe and out saying like, we wish Henry Blake a reluctant, but mm-hmm. uh, whatever he said, like a reluctant goodbye, but well spirited goodbye, I think. And then this little montage, which uh maybe this is my brain being broken, but I pictured to that like Sarah McLachlan song that all like the sad animal commercials are. I'm like, oh, this would be oh a, a perfect goodness. uh perfect little bit for that. But man oh man, uh the choice to end on the sad montage is a is a real choice.
0: Well, I also liked that it wasn't super sad music either. Um, like it wasn't like yeah. that Sarah no, McLaughlin song type of thing. Because it was um it was also kind of celebrating uh, McLean Stevenson. Like it was a very bittersweet true. in real context type of thing as well, where they're sad to see McLean Stevenson go, but obviously McLean Stevenson hadn't passed away at that point. So, you know, they still had their friend who they, you know, were able to contact and whatnot. So I thought that it was like a nice send off for McLean Stevenson as well with all these like funny Henry moments. That is
1: true. And you know, when the episode ended uh, with the, announcement of Henry's death. I was like, okay, what's the extra scene before the credits going to be? And then it was this little montage. It was like, okay, that is how you do that. Like they made the right choice mm-hmm. there. Um because you yeah, just simply sure. could not have any sort of punchline and even like an extra thirty seconds of like everyone in the OR being sad, it would have been like, this is too much, man. You can yeah. to pull it back. But we got to we got yeah. to celebrate Henry's life, I suppose, in this little yeah. uh, quick kind of goofy little montage. So, good
0: call there. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: So Vanessa, going from this the sadness and bittersweetness, I do have to ask you. Did you have any favorite lines from this episode?
0: Um, I don't have too many. I did have one where they are first, <laughs> it's Frank taking over command and Radar and Hawkeye and Trapper are all pretty hungover and Hawkeye and Trapper walk out of the swamp and Frank goes, you didn't even shave. And Hawkeye goes, it's not a school day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Weird.
1: <laughs> One quick uh, Hawkeye line that I have to shout out. It was when they're drunk and giving uh, Henry the suit. He says, this tie is silk. It was handmade by a worm was just so cute. And the way he <laughs> says it like drunken slur was so funny to me. That was my like absolute mm-hmm. favorite line of this episode. I wasn't looking out for like a lot of comedy lines in this one. Yeah. But like that one stuck out. It's like, ah. Even in the darkest hours, there will always be a good Hawkeye line to look forward to.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I also, one last one I really liked when Radar is helping Henry pack up his office and he says to him, is there one or two J's in Fragile? And Henry just goes, (laughs) one will do, Radar. (laughs) That's really funny. Love that. I Also, it wasn't the line. But
1: just when Henry was excited to go home and he was telling everybody that like oh or it was after the phone call with his wife and radar just remarks like following up on Henry's like comments on how attractive his wife is, Radar just says to Hawkeye like oh she's got a great body and then everyone in the room <laughs> Felt like so awkward about that. Like uh, Radar did not apologize, but you could just see it in his face that he was like, I, I should (laughs) not have said that was so good. That
0: was, that was a good one.
1: So Vanessa, do you have any trivia for us in this uh, monumental episode?
0: I do. Okay. So I have some trivia about the production of this episode. So Apparently, like we said, this was actually the first time a departing character on a comedy series left in this tragic way. So MASH truly was the pioneer for this type of sad departure. Mm -hmm. Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds confirmed that they did actually intend for the ending to have such an emotional impact on the audience. And to be a reminder about all the people who did not come home from the Vietnam War since it was so soon after the kind of ending of the war.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You do not do this by accident.
0: (laughs) But here's the thing. Some people didn't seem to get that. And I'll explain. So the producers of the show apparently received over 1,000 letters from viewers voicing their opinions about the ending. And they said most didn't get it and didn't like it. So the main criticism (laughs) was that MASH was a comedy show. So the killing of Henry's character was, quote, cheap, unnecessary, and out of place.
1: I mean, I get it. Um, It's definitely not cheap, but it is out there as far as sitcoms go.
0: But to that, I say, were we watching the same show? (laughs) Because, yes, Mash was lighthearted at times. And, you know, I would say it's overall the tone is very comedic and whatnot. But did they see... The episodes in the past, all the episodes about military bureaucracy and stuff like that and commentary about the war. What were they watching?
1: Well, I guess it's more that like sitcoms are meant to be comfort shows, and this was very much not comforting.
0: I remember in, I don't know if it was the 30th anniversary special or if it was a different TV special about M.A.S.H., but the... Producers and the cast at that point were being interviewed and they said, oh, no, we never considered this a sitcom just because it had a laugh track. And I think that most of America apparently at this point did not think the same way. (laughs) So honestly, it's just it kind of tracks that this would be so controversial that people like wouldn't want to think critically and be like oh this is saying something about all the people that just died in the past war that we were in um as opposed mm-hmm. to no my favorite character
1: <laughs> i love uh we'll we'll move on to trivia but i just love hearing out old tv shows when fans are upset that they wrote letters that's just so funny to me i know they like <laughs> hand wrote and mailed like cbs or whatever letters that's so funny and I apparently that now
0: <laughs> on that too on that note apparently the producers gene reynolds and larry gelbart were like handwriting responses to people like personalized responses but they got so many that they had to implement like a form letter to <laughs> respond to people i don't have uh, i don't think that that was substantiated but that's just apparently anecdotally <laughs> what happened um which i i choose to believe because that's so funny
1: yeah that's so funny <laughs>
0: But also, it wasn't just the viewers who were upset about Henry's death. CBS and 20th Century Fox were both really angry that the producers did this. Which, again, tracks. (laughs)
1: That that makes sense. This is not a safe move.
0: No, 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 no. So I thought this was interesting. When the scene was being filmed, Henry's demise was kind of kept secret from the cast until right before they shot to evoke true, genuine reactions out of everybody. So... Up until that final scene, the end of the script was kept away from the rest of the cast, and then right before they filmed, Larry Gelbart apparently distributed it to everybody, and they were like, what the hell?!
1: That's horrific. Just imagine you're on this show and suddenly this this
0: turn yeah. is taken
1: and you just have to le- live with it.
0: And apparently everyone was so upset after filming this scene that they ended up canceling the party that they had planned for McLean Stevenson's departure because everyone was just too depressed to like put on a party.
1: That, again, also makes sense.
0: And like I mentioned before, the scene was shot twice because someone accidentally dropped something off screen, which wasn't supposed to happen. But the producers ended up using the first take because it was more genuine with the emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: after they were done filming, Gary Berghoff said to Larry Gelbart, you son of a bitch, you'll probably win an Emmy for this.
1: <laughs> and I bet he did. <laughs> or Actually, maybe not. he
0: didn't. He didn't actually, which is just wow. crazy. <laughs>
1: Well, you figure it's too upsetting. You can't really give this best sitcom episode because it yeah. wasn't funny.
0: Gene Reynolds did win Outstanding Director for a comedy series, I think, in 1975, which was the year that this was aired, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, nothing for McLean Stevenson for this and nothing for Larry Gelbart and the writers for this episode, which I feel if that happened today, that would they would 100% win the Emmy for this.
1: Oh, absolutely. In this age of like auteur-driven TV, you'd be like, no, no, this is like a cool thing to do. Wow.
0: (laughs) I also have some trivia about McLean Stevenson because as we mentioned, this was his final episode. Mm -hmm. Stevenson was born Edgar McLean Stevenson, nicknamed Mac, in Normal, Illinois in 1927.
1: This man's from Normal? What an unusual place.
0: (laughs) He is the great-grandson of the brother of U.S. Vice President Adlai E. Stevenson, which interesting, and he is the brother of actress Anne Whitney. And interestingly enough, Stevenson's father was actually a doctor. He was a cardiologist, so McLean Stevenson was apparently drawing from real life.
1: That actually is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Stevenson attended Bloomington High School in Bloomington, Illinois, which is where Henry Blake is supposed to be from, so that's pretty cool. Fact
1: meets fiction, baby, let's go.
0: (laughs) Speaking of fact meets fiction, too, Stevenson joined the Navy in 1946, where he was a hospital corpsman. So this is just based on real experiences, clearly.
1: (laughs) He was destined to play Henry Blake, I suppose.
0: After his Navy service, Stevenson attended Northwestern University, where he received a BA in theater arts. And then after college, Stevenson worked at a radio station as a clown on live TV in Dallas and was the press secretary for his cousin Adlai E. Stevenson II's two unsuccessful presidential runs in the 50s.
1: What a wild career. That's possibly the <laughs> craziest one we've had so far. Yeah. And in
0: 1961, Stevenson began his acting career and he debuted in a performance of The Music Man in 1962. Stevenson also reportedly performed on Broadway and appeared in TV commercials in New York. He began writing on the comedy shows That Was the Week That Was, a show in which Alan Alda had also guest starred, and the Smother Brothers Comedy Hour. Uh, And he occasionally performed as an actor in both shows. So I thought that that was pretty interesting.
1: I've heard of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. I think it's one of those, like, very famous variety shows Mm -hmm. that, like, is very important to people who've seen it, but is unknown to people who haven't.
0: hmm Stevenson was also a regular on the Tim Conway Hour, which also aired on CBS. And in the few years prior to MASH, Stevenson guest starred in the show That Girl and had a recurring role in The Doris Day Show. Stevenson originally auditioned for the role of Hawkeye, but of course he ended up playing Henry Blake, and apparently his reason for departing the show was because he felt stifled as more of a side character and not the main character. Um, so he left to be able to pursue some more main character roles.
1: It would have been such a different show if McQueen Stevenson played Hawkeye. Like, I genuinely cannot picture that,
0: yeah, no, definitely not. I, I don't know if that's just because I know him so well as Henry, but I just feel like the whole Hawkeye character is just so Alan Alda,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I truly would have been a very interesting alternate timeline to see,
0: yeah. But even though he departed the show, Stevenson received three Emmy nominations, two for acting and one for writing, and a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for his time on MASH.
1: That's pretty good, my man.
0: And after he departed MASH, Stevenson appeared in several episodes of Match Game, which we've actually gotten recommendations to watch, so we're putting that on the list. (laughs) He also starred in some sitcoms in which he did play the main character, including The McLean-Stevenson Show, In the Beginning, and Hello Larry, all of which were unfortunately pretty short-lived and were canceled after only one or two seasons. And also, unfortunately, this kind of made him the butt of a lot of jokes in the TV industry for quitting the much more popular MASH to do things that weren't as successful But Stevenson said that much of the criticism was valid and said that leaving MASH was one of the biggest mistakes of his career.
1: Oh, that's so rough. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I know. Oh,
0: man. And like,
1: they did not leave the door open for him to return. No, no. fully were like, you're (laughs) out, buddy.
0: (laughs) But Stevenson did go on to do several more guest spots on TV shows after MASH, like... The Love Boat, Condo, Different Strokes, in which he reprised his role from his TV show Hello Larry, and the TV miniseries Dirty Dancing, as well as being featured in the Disney movie The Cat from Outer Space.
1: I've always heard the title The Cat from Outer Space, but I never watched it. Well, McLean Stevenson
0: is in it.
1: (laughs) If there was ever a reason to.
0: (laughs) And unfortunately, in 1996, McLean Stevenson had a heart attack after recovering from bladder cancer surgery and passed away on February 15th of that year.
1: Oh, man, that's rough.
0: Yeah. And coincidentally, though, Roger Bowens, who played Henry Blake in the movie version of MASH, passed away the next day after McLean Stevenson. I find that so coincidental, so very strange.
1: That's that's kind of scary sounding.
0: Yeah. So McLean Stevenson, I, I want to watch everything he's been in now after yeah. MASH just because I feel like I owe it to him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a really, like, I love him in the show. Like, there's a reason why I was so emotionally affected not to watch the show for, like, a year after I watched this episode. Mm -hmm. Because I genuinely loved Henry and McLean Stevenson's whole performance. And I'm going to miss him going forward. Mm -hmm. And I won't have my my favorite dad.
0: Yeah, I know. Well... We'll see what you think of Colonel Potter, I guess, but there is a Henry-sized hole in both of our hearts. I can I can guarantee.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, he will be missed, and of course, uh, rest in peace to the real McLean Stevenson.
0: Yes. So, Ethan, I know this is really hard because of the nature of this episode, but what is your martini rating for this episode?
1: Okay, so obviously it's five out of five like you you can't watch this one and (laughs) be like "Eh, it's four out of five like it's it could be better no it's (laughs) it's five out of five it's one of the best most famous episodes but i also hate it i don't like it um so one out of ten no just kidding um (laughs) but five out of five but on my emotional like would i watch this again scale no i would not this is too sad
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree with you. I also give it a five out of five, but it is a zero out of five for me on the (laughs) like scale. I hate this so much. No, I can't even say that I hate it because even in the just extreme sadness of the episode. I thought that it just had such good stuff to say. So I can't even say Mm -hmm. that I hated it because I didn't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so definitely five out of five for me. Yeah,
1: What is most impressive about this episode, right, is that it would have been a really great episode without the final uh, conclusion to it. Mm -hmm. But with the final conclusion of it, it is just kind of a, oh, my God, they just did that episode. But, you know, it's, that's just a testament to MASH, I guess. They have the, the range to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you there. So, just to wrap up on this very sad episode, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friabalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, which she has a new website for her art, by the way, which we will be linking in the description, and, of course, our listeners. Thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And we'll be taking a brief hiatus between seasons, as we normally do. So you can join us on July 28th for Season 4, Episode 1, Welcome to Korea. Before then, we will be doing a bonus episode on the first M.A.S.H. novel. But until then, make sure you go to the bathroom on the right tree. Goodbye, farewell, and amen.
1: Bye, everyone. trying to sound not sad it's hard
0: <laughs> i know i know you did you did you did fine you're good